Welcome, everybody, to the Culture Shock Podcast, episode number eight. This is your boy, Pat Bayless. I'm co-host list today. Lois, without having a child, is not here a part of this great episode that is fatherhood. I have three great fathers here, including myself. Um, today, we are here to talk about the pros, maybe a little bit of cons of um, what comes with fatherhood and, and everything that it brings. Uh, so without further ado, the first person I want to introduce is Eric Torres. Eric, what's good, baby? What's up, nephew? How are you? What's up? And then the second person I'd love to introduce is my boy, Mumu. Hey, buddy. Hello, baby. Uh, Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the first thing I want to start off with, um, all of us have kids, my son being four. I just want to say, you know, your son, Mumu, is how old? He'll be four in September. Mm-hmm. And Eric, wow. your daughter? So I have a 17-year-old daughter and mm-hmm. I got a four-year-old daughter. So. Right. Are we gonna get into oh, that? Are we wow. definitely gonna get into that. So the first, the first <laughs> feeling, you know, Eric, your story, your, your story is, is is special. So we're gonna go just with the younger daughter first. Um, because it's kind of like a first feeling thing. The first time you saw your daughter, what was that feeling like for you as as a dad? Like what did it what what was that feeling like the first when you first seen her come out? What was that feeling like? You know what? It's one of those you kind of had to step it back. Um, we had trouble with that one, mm-hmm. having the second baby. And mm-hmm. when we finally found out we we're pregnant, uh, she went through those nine months and the baby came out. It's like your life just kind of goes in perspective because you have this little creature coming. I'm like, damn, this thing's going to rely on me for a very long time. And I will move mountains to make sure they get to enjoy life. And it's like, it's a daily thing. It's a daily reminder with both of them. But it's one right. of those things I got to hold her. It's an incredible situation. Um, mm-hmm. I loved it. Right. What about you, Mo? Um, man, I think for me it was just so surreal to actually know that I was going to be a father. So it didn't really hit me until I actually see my son. And then you think about all the first. So I'm the first person to hold them and, you know, all of those things, even in that split second. Um, I put them on the scale, you know, all that stuff. So to me, uh, I was just in shock. I would say for about two or three weeks. It took me a little while once it became a schedule and the joy of it was more so <clears throat> raising a child and understanding that now that's my duty versus um, I guess the external part, like dressing the child up and how it looks and all that stuff. So, you know, for me, it's just, man, man I could, o- I would always remember that I had on um, a gray Steelers shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Steelers everything on and uh, he was born in 2018. So we right, we're right on the, um, right before the pandemic. So it wasn't too much dressing up, but, you know, yeah. I had to wear the gown and you know, I'll never forget any of those things, even the things that uh, my child's mother had to go through during that time, but man, the joy, people crying, and obviously those are tears of joy, but it was just, man, probably one of the best moments in your life to just see life, you know, almost being made in a sense right in front of you. Right. I think for my situation, my situation was a little different without getting too crazy into my situation. You know, I didn't have the luxury that both of you guys had with the seeing my son born. A lot of people don't know that, but I didn't have that luxury of seeing him born um, that day. I actually seen him two days after he was born in NICU. So for me, it was like, you know how that first feeling of touch for you guys was and feeling your daughter, feeling your son? For me, it was looking through glass. 
Now the dad is is tough because in my situation it was just like damn I wish I could break through the glass and hold him you know what I'm saying right. he was having problems breathing wound up obviously being okay but I think uh, first um, for me was just seeing him even when it was just in you know in that container um, I automatically felt like defense like you don't want to see a child hurt sad whatever so it was like right away. I, I seen him in a in a vulnerable state of something that you know he's got to get checked on all the time, make sure his breathing is good and stuff like that. So I automatically had that feeling of like love and like also that that you'll do anything. Like Eric said, you'll do anything for your child. So it's like I automatically just felt like that mm, that encouragement, that push. You know what I'm saying? So and I think it's changed my life just that everything that I do. Even when I do certain things, I would do that was like stupid. Say like going out and doing stupid shit. Thinking like things like that, you just step back and you like, I got some, I got a bigger picture, you know, like it's right. it's bigger than just me now. And I think that's um one of the the biggest I think that's one of the biggest things we see that's like right in front of us at the time is there's a bigger picture, you know what I'm saying? And and it's not only you no more, it's now her, it's either your daughter or your son. And I think that was the dopest part of it. Um, you know, how 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 is it? You know, we all in kind of different situations, which I love about this episode is we all have different situations, different ways we have to deal with shit. But how um, I'm gonna start with Mu, but how for you, Mu, has it been dealing with the mother of your child in order to cope, you know, as far as like with your son? Uh, personally, it's been very difficult because <laughs> I'm very laid back <laughs> and nonchalant. Right. But if I have to look at my child, and I don't want to say production, but if I look at her production or her motherhood or, you mm -hmm. know, her mothering her son, right. um, you know, I, I, it's not only say it's flawless, but it's very small things that I even have problems with. Mm -hmm. But um, just the things that I had to go through. Um, brief stuff. If you would like me to elaborate, that's up to you. But you can talk about uh, whatever you want on this podcast, bro. Feel free. She, I'm not gonna get too in there, but uh, yeah, don't, she don't uh, has asked to me. This is like the lowest of the low, so that's why I'm, you know, letting you guys know. But she's asked me to sign my rights over, right. and and my son's only three. So within this three year span, we went from sign your rights over to I have 50 50 custody. So that's I think thing. that is, um, you know, more so the gist of the story. To me, because, you know, my, my father's always been there. He has six kids. And sure. even though my parents had differences, he was always there. Right. So that's what I know, at least that like survival tactic of it in the sense of I'm at least going to take care of my child. So it kind of took her a long time to figure that out. So she doesn't bother me much as of 2021. But man, from 2018 until I got 50-50 custody, it was rough. Um, spending extra money. There's nights that I plan to pick him up. She wouldn't bring him outside. I got to call the police and, you know, playing all those games, you know, just to see my, and during that time, um, I was only seeing my child temporary custody. So I only seen him for six to eight hours, four to six hours. So, you know, all of those hours and minutes and seconds counted to me. So I didn't want to miss anything. So every time she held him five minutes early, then I would keep him five minutes extra. Anytime she didn't let me see him, I would call the police, make a police report. So all of these things, I never called police a day in my life. So, right. you know, all, all of these things, I just right. realized that I, <laughs> that I had to do. But, you know, that's kind of right. the, um, you know, my triumph is just basically 
understanding that, you know, my child is going to appreciate this way more than me. So I have to do right. it now. Exactly. Right. What about you, Eric? I know your situation obviously is a lot different because, you know, briefing, you're you're with the, the mother of your child and you guys are married. So. Nah, salute. Yeah, it works. Because that matters. It, it's, also, it, it's also Pat's aunt, so I can't. Yes, remember. yes. No, you can talk all this guy. No, but. I don't hold on, hold on. Let me, just going back to Mo, I, I, I got to tell you, it's one of those things that I always in my life of let your actions speak for themselves. And right. you took a rocky road mm -hmm. and you did what you did. You fought hard having this kind of podcast, having pictures, being there. Mm -hmm. That is putting the effort in. That That is how you really go to show because let's be real. Anybody could be a father, right? Right. Have yourself right. one good night. That'll make you a father. That that's not mm -hmm. what it's that 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 you don't earn the title from having a good night. You don't right. earn that title. It's right. something that you put the effort and you put the action. And, so, and it's one of those things that it's like it's frustrating. Uh, Pat ass. I, I got I have my two girls. My my oldest is mine in every way except for blood, and I will kill for them. And with right. my oldest, it's like you look at it. It's like you have these beautiful children they're full of life they want to be there how do you not fight to see them smile to hear them laugh mm -hmm. to be around you to like it, it's infectious and it's it's sad when people don't put that effort in um and it's sad because you just, not everyone's a father not everyone's a mother they don't get the opportunity to do it right and people take that for granted and at the same time you know what people don't know how to be fathers people don't know how to be mothers pat myself we grew up having fathers there and you know mm -hmm. what that's not always a good thing but you 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 get something from that right I, there's a lot right. that i learned from my dad i learned good things and bad things bad things right right i'm like i love the way my dad parented me from that perspective i did not like the way he did that right. but you know what let me learn from those experiences and right. kind of go from there um yeah like with my oldest and when I first started dating my wife, it was this little four-year-old girl. Yeah, there. get into that for us, Eric, yeah. because this is something I want you to get into is is that situation because me and, and Moo really didn't really have to go through that as far as anything. So I really want you to, to elaborate on that. How was that meeting somebody with a kid and, and having to take over that role? It, it's something that, honestly, I took it in the worst way to start off. And when I when I first started dating Anne Marie, and I knew she had a kid, I'm like, "Yo, who is this kid?" Right. And it was literally a battle. <laughs> it was a grown ass man, 26 years old, versus a four year old. Who is gonna get her attention? Right. And that's one of the first things that really sparked me was the fact that every single time Anne Marie's like, "I want to go out with you. I want to go. Mm -hmm. with you. We got plans, but she don't want me going anywhere. Right. So I'm staying home. Right. Or hey." We could go hang out, but I got to be back before time is up. I want to go give her a kiss goodnight. That was one of the first sparks that I sat down like, yeah, that's the type of partner. That's the woman that I want to raise my kids with because she's she knows the bigger picture. She right. knows that she wants to do what's right by that kid, no matter what it is. Right, right. And it was one of those that I noticed it, but I still, we went a few months battling back and forth. Like that. I saw my once I went to pick up. Anne Marie, I'm outside. All of a sudden, Jasmine comes up to the door and just starts giving her this puppy face. 
mm-hmm. just starts crying. I'm like, she was happy two seconds ago. Yeah. And she's just like looking at me like, I'm going to win this battle. Yeah. I'm going to win this battle. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. And then like she go inside crying and Amber's like, I can't go. She's crying, doesn't want me to go. I got to be for her. And I, and I respected that. I, I get that. That's beautiful. Um, right. Yeah. And, and those, again, those are the things you kind of pick Would on. Would you say she grew you up, Eric? Because... You know, obviously you had a lot of good things going for you as far as personal and professional. But would you say as far as like that goes, right, that aspect of your life, would you feel that Jasmine grew you up quicker in that aspect than maybe having your, you know, having your daughter that you have now? Maybe, you know, Jasmine kind of helped you, you know, you get what I'm trying to say, like kind of helped you along quicker understanding the parenting life. It's under for sure. Like I I always Mm -hmm. joke around. I'm like. If this little one makes it to four and a half years old, I'm good because right. that's when Jazz <laughs> she I ain't like loser. I ain't like nothing crazy happened. So I'm like, all right, as long as the little one makes it to four and a half, I got him right here. She she gave me that ability to, and it's one of those things where um you get to see that nurturing aspect. Like mm-hmm. like you said, I had my personal life, I was single, I was right. traveling, I was I spending some. money, I was it was a different situation. I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, I got this little kid to deal with. Mm-hmm. And but then it was like, all right, I love spending time with her. She's I'm like, oh, let's go ride bikes, let's go do this. She was part mm-hmm. of everything. But she was an amazing spirit. And I'm like, you know what? This is awesome. And like going back to the whole father thing, I remember one day my dad came up to me and he's like, you got to make a decision. I was dating Amber maybe like eight, nine months. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's the matter? He, like, he took me outside. We we're all at my parents' house. He takes me outside. He's like, you got to make a decision. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? This is, he goes, there is somebody that just stares at you and watches you everywhere you go. Right. And that little person is in love with you right now. He goes, and you can't take this relationship any further if you're not going to be committed to being that kid's father. Right. Like my dad learned that my my dad didn't get the opportunity to raise my oldest brother, mm-hmm. but he got to see those kind of things. And he's like, "You got to make a decision. You can't string that little child alone." And that's when I, I kind of made the right back. one, a hundred percent. And I and it's funny because it's, it's like I made that decision, and it's like, yeah, me and her don't have that blood bond, but I still remember love the time, the love, the time when it sparked in my head of like, I remember I'm taking her out of the car. Mm-hmm. And we're in a parking lot, and she just like jet out because we're going somewhere fun. I forgot where it was, but she like was so excited, mm-hmm. and she jet into the parking lot, and I just grabbed her and dove on her and just squeezed her. Like it wasn't like you saving somebody yeah. from like going, but it was like a, it was an instinct. It would be it was like a parenting yeah, instinct, yeah, exactly. Right. And it was right. like because I that was in my blood, and that's like, but it's still, we, it was that connection that right. she helped build with me, and it's. It was just, and I'm like, yeah, this, this, this she's my kid, and then right. and that's when it becomes one of those things that every decision, just like you guys are fighting through your situations to make sure mm-hmm. you're in your boys' lives, it's like I got to make sure every decision I make is giving her the opportunity to succeed mm-hmm. and enjoy life. Right. So going back to like with my wife, that, those are the kind of things that I'm like, I know I chose right. I know this is the woman that I want next to me. We have egos. Don't get me wrong. We have egos. It hurts. <laughs> um, I'm a stubborn ass mother, and mm-hmm. I like what the way I make my decisions. But she's broken that down, and right. she's not always right. But she at least breaks me down. But like talk. One of those things. Like I, I don't know if you guys ever like talked about talking to a psychiatrist or something to that regard. Yeah. But opening up 
to talk to that person you're co-parenting with, once you get past those egos, man, that's when you really are just creating that platform for your kids to succeed. If you're still being stubborn, if you're being negative, if you want it your way, if you think you're so right, you're missing the bigger picture there. That kid having those parents around, it is crucial just to at least give them the chance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, what you said that stood out, Eric, to me, like out of everything, you said a lot, but what you stood out to me was I told you more, sorry. No, 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 not saying that. I'm saying you said a lot. And that and that and that brief thing that you said, you said a lot. That was like big, but what you, what stood out to me was the way you grew up. So the way you grew up and with your with your dad. So like with me, a lot of people don't know this, but now a lot of people will that watch this podcast. But a lot of people don't know this is my dad left me when I was I would say one and a half, two. And um, the father that everybody knows as my dad, you know, the one that passed away. Rest um, in peace. Rest in peace, Pops. Uh, he took over that father role and, and really showed me. Um, that's one of the big reasons why I take being a father so serious um, is that. But another thing is, is he showed me good and bad. You know, as great as he was as a dad, he had. But, you know, everybody has good and bad qualities. So he showed me right. the good and he showed me the bad that, I, you know, that I could take away Um as far as that and and learn to be a good dad to my son now, you know, and that, that was the biggest thing for me, you know, like, like Eric said, sometimes it don't gotta be blood, you know, but the love can be deeper than that. Like, you know, my, my biological father, I don't know where he's at. It don't, to me, it don't matter. I I could see him tomorrow and it, I, I wouldn't even shake me, you know what I'm saying? And I don't care to, to you know, to, to really go out there and look, but as far as the right. dad that I love, that, that man's on my mind every day. You know, he's tattooed on me, everything. You know, I got the love. Everything that is me is from him. You know what I'm saying? And and to my son, trickling, trickling down to my son. So my right. question, obviously, going through all that, my question, Moo, you can start it off. How did your parents help shape you into the father that you are? Man, this is, this is probably one of the hardest things that I deal with. And mm-hmm. um, mainly because my son, is half white and the things that his mother i don't want to say afforded but the things that his mother had the luxury to know and the thing the resources the information all of those things i'm not sure if my parents knew but they definitely didn't show me or give that to me they didn't teach me anything about bank accounts or putting a condom on none of that stuff so (laughs) to me Bank I'm being dead serious. So to me, um, it's very important because I want to be transparent with my child. I want to educate, have conversations. Um, I don't want him to f- respect me out of fear. I want him to respect me for, as a man first and then fatherhood relationships. And because I believe uh, to me, when you just um, insert something that's like a dominance, like a mother and a father is definitely higher in a sense than a child. So I feel like, you know, already you're putting your kid lower. But to me, my kid is smart enough to understand when I say no, it means no. If I say this, do this. So we have a conversation, but I'm not the hitting parent. I'm not going to yell. We're not going to be in timeout. We just going to have a longer conversation. And to me, that's important. So I try to um, use the opposite. I grew up being hit, being beat with anything, everything, 
And in return, I always did that. So Pat knows me growing up. I beat up everybody you know, that I could get my hands on. Bad, bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> so it took me a long time to break kind of the cycle of like, man, if people are not understanding, they don't pay attention, whatever it is, they make me angry. It's just easy to fight. I always endured pain from my parents. So it was easy to give it out. And I know it sounds kind of crazy, but it wasn't like on no ID channel. I need to be, you know, uh, call them the police on my parents or anything. But discipline is many, many ways to get across. And physical touch to me will be the last thing that I do to my child. And I think that's important um, because I'm totally no violence now. I just can't. To me, violence is a mind state. So I know that I have to be peaceful because I already know how I am when I'm violent. So mm-hmm. I want my child to experience things through information and not necessarily by doing everything to say like, oh yeah, I should have never done that. So I think that's important. I always got hit after. Prevention was never a part of my parents' plan. I always got hit after. They never put me in position to stop me from doing things and you know things of that nature. They'll tell you, but you know it's very rare that you know, you'll go through even just something as simple. If there's a fire in the house, what do we all do? Like right. we don't go through that as black people. Mm-hmm. But to me, I, I want to be able to show my son if there's a fire and I don't come get you, this is where we're going to meet. This right. is, you know, things like those things are important to me because right. this, because I didn't know at that time when I was younger, doesn't mean that it's not useful or it won't be fruitful or productive. So I think I'm going to take a lot of um, what not to do, but also my parents' love was always primary. So that's one thing that's hard to like say if they did a good job or not, but they got six kids. They did a great job. We all alive. We all doing stuff. So I don't want to look at life with my child like that. I want to know that his financial literacy is there. He got a bank account. He got a student account. He got good credit. So I didn't get to do that with my parents. So I want to definitely do that with my son and all my kids. What about you, Eric? You know, it's, it's that ego thing. Like Mo just like, just, like he talked about teaching his son if there's a fire what to do i want to learn from that like that in itself i'm like in my head i'm like damn i gotta teach my kid this make sure she knows has an idea stop drop and roll little things like that mm-hmm. right. um learn it that, that's put that ego aside learn to create that platform for your kids but, but like what my parents yeah i'm one of four um blessed to have really good parents they busted their ass to give us the opportunity to succeed in life and do what we had to do. We grew up first in Jamaica, Queens, Hollis, not the best neighborhood. My dad's like, nah, this ain't gonna work for my kids. I'm gonna work two jobs. I'm gonna get a house in the suburbs where they won't be as much risk, but you know what? They can still have some diversity to them, learn about life and move from there. Um, Like one thing you said before about the respect as a man, it's one of those things that my dad, don't respect me because I'm your father. Respect me because I earned it. And right. that's, I live that with everybody that I come up to, not just my kids. I'm not talking to my kids because like that dominating thing. I'm not trying to dominate kids like that. It's especially I have girls. I don't want to give them complexes <laughs> and be in that situation that they feel like that's right. That's not fair. And that's right. the same mentality being a Latino and in the business world, dealing with multi-billionaires and having conversations with them is I'm expecting an equal level of respect. Respect me because I'm giving you the respect. And that's, right. you keep doing that, that's how you portray yourself out in public. And that's what your kids see. 
the kids see, ah, that's how a good way to talk to somebody. Those are the nice things to say. That's how you approach somebody. They're, they're picking up all those uh, aspects of what you're doing. So mm-hmm. um, that's one of the, like, the biggest things I picked up from my parents is, is for my dad. And my mom is an amazing person. She's so, so warm-hearted, Pat. You've met her. Um, so they have so many good qualities. But again, there's so many good qualities and bad qualities. I, I definitely got my ass beat growing up. I had two younger <laughs> sisters. I tortured the shit out of them. Here comes my mom chasing me with a belt. Like, what is wrong with you? Act mm-hmm. right. And you kind of learn from that. To most point, you learn from that. And you go, all right, I don't know. That back then was acceptable. It was, I get it. I don't hold it against my parents. Not the route that I necessarily want to take. I'd rather be more informative, have a conversation, talk to them, show right. them there's a, there's a way to really handle the situation, not just spark it with a hit here and there and kind of go right. from there. So. See, and, and I didn't have, so I would say this growing up, I didn't get my, I never got my ass kicked. People used to always make fun of me for that. They'd be like, bro, you ain't never got your ass kicked. Uh, I'm like, nah, I ain't never got my ass kicked. Um, but I would be like, no, nah, they take away my PlayStation. They, they take away my TV. Like. I mean, yeah, I I people or they, yeah, word. Or they, or they stay. <laughs> bro, the best was the best was if I played hooky, I couldn't go outside. That shit used to hurt though. You be, you be looking out the window like this, and everybody hooping and shit. You type <laughs> watching people hoop, and I'm like, damn, I sure went to school today. But yeah, like that was my type of, of thing. But I never the one thing that my parents never did that I make sure that I do with both of y'all said is the conversation. Um, right. I told elaborate. You I talk to my son not obviously not as an adult because he's not gonna pick up everything. But when I talk to my son, I just I talk to him as if he understands everything I'm about to say. Now I know damn well he don't understand everything I'm about to say, but I understand. I, I keep repeating and I keep letting him know. It's kind of like a reminder thing and, and and like a teaching lesson. But you know, right. if if I want to do something, he knows my tone of voice. I, I definitely will say I definitely use certain tones of voices with certain things. Like if I'm like no Johan and, and he keeps playing like Johan, no. And that's it. He knows it's done. You know what I'm saying? And then we have a conversation. Listen, this is why you can't do that. This is why we can't go outside and do certain shit. And I think that a lot of kids learn, in my opinion, learn better that way than just beating the ass. Because eventually they learn. I won't say they learn, but I've heard these stories that they learn to put extra layers of clothes on to do extra shit so it don't hurt as much. And they at this point, they're just like, all right, I'm getting my ass kicked. I'm going to just keep doing what I do. Um, right. So, I mean, you know, with me, it definitely the communication, like both of y'all said, is, is so key, especially, you know, for the young kids. Obviously, we all have kids the same age. So we're kind of all going through the same kind of thing right now, um, right now, you know, but it, I think it's definitely important. Um, another thing I want to bring up, too, is, is things, you know, we can't help what happens in schools. We can't help. Uh, what happens when they start hanging out with friends and when they're outside of our care and our view? What are some things that you guys worry about with your with your child um, when it comes to that, when it comes to cutting the cord and letting them go out? And I'm not saying when they're older. I, I'm even mean just young, going to school and, and that part of it. Man, I am super. If I'm available, I'm doing everything. So, um. Even if he has school, mom takes him to school a lot. But if I got him that day or next three days in his school, he might go one day. But I'm keeping him for everything. 
and he's only right. three, so it's not like um, it's it's not Kenny Garden, and I don't want to put the wrong message out there. He's still mm-hmm. three years old, so he doesn't have to go to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I guess um, mentally at peace now because 50-50 custody. You know, half the time my son is already out of my control, and mm-hmm. then you will see small things. He might come back with a scratch. Um, you know, she might tell me something that he does only at her house. I never seen him do it. So you think about, man, what triggers him to only show certain behaviors with certain parents? Uh, you think about um, bedtime, uh, discipline, all of those things that could be different. But I had to uh, let go because whenever I speak to my son, he, you know, he just so he loves his mom. It's endearment all the time. It's love all the time. So then I had to not almost micromanage it. I had to just let it be. And he's going to fall. He's going to have scratches. He's going to have cuts. Uh, he might even have a bruise, whatever it is. But I had to kind of um, get rid of the pride and ego and speak to her about it. Like, hey, he has a cut on his foot. What happened? And then vice versa. If something happens while he's with me, now I have to obviously relate that to her. So once 100% of it, it became about my child, then I also understand that if I go to pick him up, and he's having fun with his cousins. Oh, just the, the other day, I pick him up at Explore at 12 noon. He didn't want to leave. So I let him stay. But as a dad, I'm not going to be like, well, it's my time right now, so we got to leave. Like, no, nah, it's okay. Like, it's for him. If he wants to stay another 45 minutes and it cuts into our time, quote, unquote, that's cool. You know, me and mama hang out together for 45 minutes. But I don't let those times now bother me like I did before. You know, I, I was taking him at 12.05. Now... You know, he could stay to 1245. I'm fine. I understand that's for him. He's going to have a lot more fun when he looks down and he sees mommy and daddy while he's running around and playing. So uh, it took me, I would say, a good two years to understand that. But to really feel it, it took me about a year. And then I was just battling like, man, am I doing the right thing? Am I giving up too much time? Is he always going to be like, wait, daddy, let me do extra things with mom or so it, I had to put my foot down a little bit because prior to that, we did everything. His third birthday was the last thing we did together. So um, we always did our parties together, even though we were not together or anything like that. But it just grows. You know, I want to have a relationship. She's going to need a relationship. So we can't continue to always do things together. But I understand the excitement that he has, the love, the joy right. when he sees those things. So I have to let it be. Mm-hmm. But my my only concern or worry would be if he ever tells me something is wrong, something has happened and I really have no knowledge of it or, um, you know, the person or the place is out of my control. So I can't get in contact or whatever. Right. But for the most part, my worries are very much, um, you know, if if like what's working is my discipline working, is her discipline working, you know, that kind of stuff. But I do know that for sure now he is showing different behaviors at different houses and different environments and things of that nature. So I, I don't have any of those worries anymore, but man, the first two years, if, if I seen a scrap, I'm taking pictures, I'm sending it to my lawyer, all <laughs> kinds of stuff. So now I just kind of relax because I understand, you know, if he falls, then so what, you know, that's not necessarily his mom's fault. Right. So it took me a long time to just relax and focus a hundred percent on my child. But I would say the last you know year and a half, once I started going to court 2020, you know, I definitely just been focusing on my son. So right. yeah, for sure, that's really my only concern. But once he starts telling me, man, I don't know how I'm going to feel. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> mm -hmm. I already know. What about you, Eric? You know what? It's one of those where I'm I'm with my kid's mom, and it's still man. That's beautiful. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it is. It's it's it's. We're coming up on ten years married next month. But so. the thing is, this Eric, when <laughs> your daughter is away from both of y'all, what's the scary part of it? Because obviously y'all together, you know. Yeah. But when she goes to school, or when she goes and hangs out with whatever, eventually, once obviously that. What's gonna be the worry there? There, there is a daily worry. That's what. And going back to like Jasmine, even Jasmine when she was younger, I used to have, and I still to this day have daily worries that the most random things will happen to them. Mm -hmm. And that I'm a preparer when it comes. It's like communicating and like trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. I'm a preparer. It's like I, I have the weirdest situation. I'm like, damn, what if my kid chokes on, during lunch? Who's gonna be there for her? Or God forbid she's on a slide and she falls off. And I've had that since Jazz was a little kid, and it's still now both. Now, like I have my 17-year-old be going to St. John's come the fall. And it's like Congratulations. I have no thank you, thank you. And it's like I we are losing our shits over it. Cause it's I'll one try. of those things. It's like it, it it's it's a beautiful world out there, but you hope you've done enough to train them. Communicating, mm -hmm. as you talked about, just communicating on discipline is communicating as what you see. And that, that's that's how I always am with them, no matter what it is. What do you, It's the most random. It's like annoying dad thing, but it's like we're in a parking lot. Why would you park here? Right. What what looks weird to you over here? Or, <laughs> hey, why did you see this? Or why did you do this? It's constantly just getting them to think to go there because it's you know, the world is a very scary world. You guys got boys. Uh, I'm jealous from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Having girls are... Um, I am tougher with them, I think, purposely for that. I still remember right. <laughs> when Jasmine played basketball. Dude, when she plays basketball, I remember she'd fall, trip and everything. Me and Amory would just stare at her. And you got all the parents getting up like, oh, my God, is she all right and everything. And we're just standing there. I'm just looking at her, see if she gets up, dust herself off. Maybe her arm hurts a little or the leg hurts. And I look, I'm like, you good? She's like, all right, good, go. Mm -hmm. You, you, you got to be – you got to build them to be tougher. Right. So it's like one of those, because like you're talking about that dominating perspective, that's still there in this world that we live in. Men think they dominate women. It's the most idiotic thought process. It is. And there's plenty of people. Always, smarter. always huh? smarter. So women are always smarter. Let's be honest. They're always smarter with the bullshit. That's it cool. is. They it is. You know? And yeah, my, my, thing, my thing is, Eric, not to cut you off. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. My thing is, like what you said, you know, you're trying to teach, especially with the oldest, going to college, you hope you did You hope you hope did the most. And I think Mo and me could both agree that when both of our sons grow up, we hope we did the most teaching. So I'm just going to give you a funny example, but it's a true example. My, my mom and my dad both taught me unbelievable things. My mom and dad's relationship lasted forever until, you know, obviously my dad passed. My mom... And dad were faithful, everything. My dad always said, be a one-woman man, do this, this, that. When my ass got out of high school, hmm. I was doing everything he said <laughs> not to do. And I was, you know what I'm saying? I remember him just looking at me like, bro, I didn't teach you none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? But then, <laughs> but, but then there's certain things that, like, he did teach me. Like, I've been around people that uh, had coke around and, and weed and shit like that. And I never touched it because my parents yeah. were always like, don't touch that shit. Don't touch that shit. Don't touch that shit. Now some fat ass booty came around. 
my ass was touching that shit. And my dad was like, bro, you can't do that when you lose somebody, right? So there were certain things that I really had to learn in my early 20s that my dad was like, bro, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? So that's a, that's a funny story, but it's the truth, man. Like, you know, a lot of us, we learn certain, we learned it all, but we, we, we stick with certain things that really stand out and then other things we just like, ah, whatever. So I think in that same aspect, you can't hurt yourself or say like Eric, like Eric personally, I'll tell you like something, you know, she makes a, a decision or something like that. You can't fault yourself. Oh, I didn't do enough because in retrospect, you did. And as many as times you tell somebody something, they kind of got to go through it. And I think yeah. that's why I don't think I worry too much. I worry about stupid shit. Like my son is really sweet, like really, really sweet. And he's like very kind hearted. And like he goes to the park a couple weeks ago, and his kids running around. This random kid run past him. He tries to give him a hug, and he turns That's over. Yeah, yeah. So he hugs everybody. So he turns over to me like this, Dad. He don't want to give me a hug. I'm like, bro, nobody. Everybody's your friend, bro. And kids, <laughs> especially, will take that as an advantage for their own and see that as like. Oh, he's vulnerable. Like he's a nice kid. Let me do. You know what I'm saying? Let me treat him or bully him like like this and stuff like that. So I think the bullying and certain things. You know, people realizing that soulfulness in my son. That's the one thing that I think I worry about as a, a really high point. And I've had people tell me, well, you know, you can't control that, and you could, you know, he'll people will learn to like mold with him, and I think they will. But it's that definitely still something that. Um, it scares me. Like that bullying aspect scares me, man. It definitely does. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, because it, it happens on so many levels with young kids. Because it could, it could just be like stealing your snacks, right? You know, what, whatever it is, and the kid might just be think I'm giving it away. I'm doing something nice. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you never, you never, you never really know. But right, yeah, man. School, school is gonna be tough. Ah, the first man. I'm just waiting for the stories. I don't like. I don't want to think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that those moments, but those moments, the stories, I think some of them are like, I feel like a lot of them are going to be funny for the most part, you know, more than they are going to be like, where you're appearing at, like, I don't know, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, as far as like funny moments, do you guys have like a, a standout moment with any one of your kids that like really stands out as like a funny ass moment? Like, every time I, I just think of that story and tell that story, or is it just too much? Like, is there any big moment that stands out to y'all? Which one? Let's see. How about when uh, we got called to the school because my oldest one decided to play tag zombies and they started biting each other playing tag. Oh, I'm like, hell no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you bit her? She's like, yeah, we're playing zombie tag. I'm like, what's wrong with you? You don't fuck oh, right, no. heck right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, they were biting each other? Yeah. Wow. I was like, come on now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm actually just um I don't have anything the only because like I said um it's almost like new so even like sometimes like I just had my son um for my time uh Monday Tuesday Wednesday and then I'll have him on Friday mm -hmm. but even in just short period of time from Wednesday night and not having him all Thursday pick him up Friday morning it's going to be a new word or new phrase that he's going to learn being with his mom or being at school so even um the other day he was like, Daddy, I have a Band-Aid. So I looked at it. I'm like, man, what happened? He was like, my Uncle Phil shanked me. So I'm like, how do you even know that word? Like, what? Yeah. And he repeated it. My Uncle Phil shanked me. So he showed me how it happened. He was fighting. And he was like, that's when he shanked me. So in my head, I'm like, man, 
I would never use that word, so I know yeah. I didn't teach him. But I'm like, yeah. how does he know that word? So it's mm -hmm. never negative, but I'm just always amazed. Like, man, this and what they learn, right? Um, Even I, I'll tell him to put something somewhere properly, and and then I'll do something like um, whatever. I could put his cup on the wrong table and he'll be like, daddy, put it down properly. So now he knows how to even use the word. So it's just so crazy. I'm always amazed, you know, when I hear something that I'm like, I definitely didn't teach you that. They're like, they're like sponges, bro. I remember the first yeah. time I was in, I was in actually this room, my son in the living room and all of a sudden I hear, what the fuck? I said, <laughs> I said, and then I said, yo, I said, what'd you just say? And he said, he said, what the fuck? And he smiled. He already knew. I'm like, bro, you can't say that. And then he said it again. I'm like, bro, stop saying that. Like, he was playing with me, but he knows. Like, obviously, he knows a bad word. And he said that as soon as I came out that room, he was smiling. Like, daddy, I'm with the little ass kid voice. I'm like, bro, the stuff y'all learn and pick up on is crazy. And they, and they know it. Like, one time we were in the car. And, Aunt, and Nora's blabbing on telling me a story. Mm -hmm. And she went, oh, fun. But when she said, oh, fun, it's not like she said, oh, oh fuck. Mm -hmm. So I turned back. I'm like, what <laughs> she say? And she's laughing at me. And she's like, you thought I said the bad word. I'm like, that's funny. Damn. See, that's the crazy part. You read the entire situation that you realize you almost said, like, you saw, you said, like, and you realize the face that I made. And you realize the scenario that you laughed at, like, ha, you thought I said the bad word. All right. Like, <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> That's just funny. So I think on like not just transition crazy, but like on a serious note, America right now is super um divided. The world's super divided, as we know. Um I think all of our children are mixed too. Um all Spanish here. Yeah, all Spanish. Yeah. Uh, black. I'm black and white over here. Mm -hmm. So it's like we all have different uh, outlooks, but the divide in America, how scared are you as far as the teaching aspect um, to your children? Because, you know, a lot of textbooks, a lot of shit is, I wouldn't say bullshit, but it's, it's whitewashed. You know what I'm saying? Outdated. White, outdated, whitewashed, uh, political, and leaves a lot of key things out, especially in the black community, leaves a lot of key things out. You know what I'm saying? And, and learning and teaching lessons. So, you know, having your kids grow up in this time personally for me I've, i'm scared because of the way people are looked at you know what i'm saying and the way people automatically by their skin tone have to deal with certain things i think that's fucked up to say um right. you know white privilege definitely exists we all know that it definitely exists it's definitely out there it's prevalent and it's and you know it shouldn't be that way obviously we can't change in a day but how do you guys feel as far as like the divide in america and do you think that there's any way to teach your son or daughter how to navigate through that while they're young? Um, I think it just, especially in the co-parenting situation, it has to be mutual. So I can give a great example that if my child's mother ever sees this, this will be her first time hearing this as well. But uh, I know during the 2020 Black Lives Matter marches and protests, and my child's mother is Italian, She's a short white lady. She was outside with my son at these. Um, you know, you make it sound protests. like she's like 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my bad. She's not she's not that old. <laughs> but you know, she was out at these protests with my child. She didn't ask me, she didn't tell me. And I think that's important that she knew at that time she had a job to do. But I think it's important 
for the child to be in a situation where he can't pick and choose if he's black or white because of perspective of other people. So to me, that means I have to teach my son how to be a black man because I have to say, I can't really teach him nothing else, but um, that's the hardest thing that he's going to have to deal with his life and his, and his life, especially if he stays in America. And when people see me, they might treat him different than he, when he's with mom or, you know, all of those things. So I think identity for mixed kids is important. Right. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean like I'm black today, but I'll be white tomorrow. But identifying with two different cultures, picking and choosing, taking and leaving, all of those things are important because you want to be able to show your child, this is how we have barbecues. Mm -hmm. This is how your mom has barbecues. You can pick and choose, but I'm not going to say don't do what mom does, only do what dad does, because it's not a black and white thing, but the culture is important. So he gets to pick and choose. So to me, I want it to be like a luxury more so than a confusion or, um, you know, I guess if that's the right word. But um, I believe it's just really about if the parents are on the uh, right page, then it becomes a little easier. But I know for me, my job is definitely to teach them how to thrive and not survive, you know, as a black man in America. So even just my actions. By the time he gets 10 years old, there's certain goals and things that I want for him to be able to see, have access to, you know, all of those things. So it definitely starts with me even doing things when he's not with me. You know, what am I going to do tomorrow when he's not with me? Things, you know, staying free, having a license, not getting just simple things, right. because the rest of those things are out of your control if you can't physically be there for your child. But I would definitely just say um, just kind of teaching them, you know, how to you know, be proactive, um, mm -hmm. prevention, um, the right things to say, um, when it's, when it's time to, uh, you know, always look people in the eye and speak, um, listen very well, be attentive, try your best to reflect, be insightful. You know, a lot of things I learned that I thought when I was younger was like white people things, mm -hmm. you know, it was just, it was very external being tough. It's being soft, being open, being transparent. Right. So I, I think, um, that allows you to obtain information and also, you know, take it or leave it. But um, I would say we're doing a good job now because even I even even though I don't mind, but even I like when he gets his hair braided. To me, that's a cultural thing. So mm -hmm. you might see, right? You might look at it and be like, man, look at this white lady with this kid with his hair braided. But that shit means a lot to me right. because all my sisters and brothers had their hair braided. So. You know, and I think it'll mean a lot to him too, Mo. I think honestly, when he grows up, I think that will mean a lot to him too. The same way you take pride, I think the fact that you show pride and you can say it out loud, I think as he gets older, I'm sure he'll take pride now. You know, they're young, but but when he right. really, you know, when he's older, I think he'll take pride in that too. You know what I'm saying? I think that he'll take pride in the fact that he gets his hair braided and 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 dad is so proud of him in, in that aspect. You know? Nah, I hope so because the. The hardest part about things like that is you don't want kids to wear things that they don't want or have hairstyles that they don't like because they parents supposed to do this and do that. Or I want to prove to people that you are a little black. So here, take these braids. Or So I'm actually glad that he likes them. But it's even to me more important when she does like the cultural appropriate things without even asking or my consent. Right, I think right. that's strictly for him. And I love it. So. But right now, I would say on that aspect, and it's kind of coddled a little bit. He doesn't really do much with other people or go a lot of places without us. So we get to kind of be there for a majority of everything that goes on. Mm -hmm. But I, I would definitely say um, 
you know, just having the opportunity to teach him as a man of your culture. So not necessarily like what black men do, because obviously we all do different things, but the culture is very broad. So giving him the opportunity to pick his luxuries within the culture to me is beautiful. So he comes with me to the gym when I do anything that I think is fruitful for him mm -hmm. um, to learn or to gain some kind of social skills. You know, it's always, you know, come along, tag along, figure it out. And mom is the same way. So I, I think that helps because he only it's going to be it's going to be a shocker. It's going to be like a cultural shock to him when he's mm -hmm. away from, from us, like nine to five during school and all that stuff. But um, right now he's kind of coddled. So, you know, we majority of things he's learning, we can always look at one, one another and be like, man, did you say that? Did you do this? Because, you know, nine mm -hmm. times out of ten, it's us teaching him or guiding him or protecting him. So right now it's it's a luxury to not even have to think about that so much. But his mom really does a good job of, you know, adding some kind of culture in with him as well. He even loves Chris Brown. Like he asks me about Chris Brown. I'm like, what are you thinking uh, about, bro? Uh oh. Yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, look at Pat. So it's been good, but I definitely when school comes, I'll be a little more worried because he'll be learning from a lot of different cultures as well. Right. What about you, Eric? So it's a. Uh, that, that that subject is a very sensitive subject to me mm -hmm. um being racially profiled in the past having mm -hmm. situations of being put in very awkward situations it's you become very guarded to it mm -hmm. and it's one of those things i have my two daughters my oldest is a little darker than my youngest mm -hmm. so it's one of those they can't be gullible they have to understand the situation that they're in and she's a brilliant kid so she's picked up on it she's it's teaching him like look past bullshit. Don't talk for yourself. Earn the respect and then speak your mind. Be respectful at the end of the day, but you know what? Don't be put down by things when people talk because you never know. Um, things have been said to her. Um, I can only imagine what happens in high school because I, I forgot what it is to be in high school now. And in, in the community that we're in, it's very white dominated. Um, we're so happy that she's going to St. John's. One of the biggest things was, was you better be going to a school that has a diverse culture. Right. And St. John's has such a breadth of of different varieties of culture, not only Latino culture, but black culture, Chinese culture, different Vietnamese, right. whatever the case may be. It's like, I remember my friends growing up, they were so diverse and you get to respect it. And it's like one of those things I know, like when I started dating my wife, she's like, Oh, I didn't want like an Indian wedding. I didn't have like, I didn't get to go to these kind of parties because she didn't have that diversity. Right. So like, I'm looking forward to my oldest daughter having those experiences and really seeing what's out there. Mm -hmm. um, but the little one, let me tell you, it's not only about culture and it's not only about color. It's the, I don't even want to say it's whitewash. It's just the old school thinking. Like we right. correct it. Like my, she'll come to me. I'll be like, she's like, daddy, you have a pink shirt on. That's for girls. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know who the hell taught her that. It definitely, like you said, the parenting, it's definitely not me. It's definitely not my wife. It's definitely not my kid. Um, we have LBGT family on both sides and it's fully respected. I know right. no one would be saying it like that. So I'm like, you learned that at school. Right. I'm right. like, nah, baby. I'm like, <laughs> Boys can wear pink and girls can wear blue. Mm -hmm. It is not just the standard aspect of it. So yeah, you, you got to start kind of 
you're working with them to understand those kind of situations. It, it's, I, I don't know who's going to see this. So I don't, I, I don't want to keep my, I don't want to give examples of what it is, but mm-hmm. yeah, you, you have to kind of make sure that you see hearing what they're saying exactly. and analyze it because all of a sudden you're like, why, why'd you say that for? Right. And it's like, no, 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 let's kind of, that's not how we want to respect people. Think about it from this perspective. And you, you, they're all four. They're picking it up. They're, they're analyzing it. Help them analyze it properly to preach. Yeah, and they're seeing not preach segregation and shit right. like that. So. Right, and it, and it really all starts at home. And then, like you said, it goes into school. And you, you know, you try to teach them as they're saying these things that are quote on that really are wrong. You know, taught by something else or somebody else or a textbook or whether it be people that just have these one way thoughts and not really think about it as a whole. I think. It's important for us when they do come home to really sit them down and really teach them. And honestly, it's the right way, you know, teaching them the right way that, you know, and being honest, being brutally honest, you know, America is, is fucked up. But let's be honest. America's right. Gotta be up. transparent. You gotta be transparent. People deal with di- different groups, di- different groups of people deal with certain shit. And that's right. just what it is. It ain't all colors and rainbows and all that. It ain't that, bro. And, that, and I think that's that's the biggest thing is as parents that it's, it's going to be tough, but I think we're obviously all smart enough to really push our kids. I think our kids are all smart enough to really figure it out and get through it. Um, You know, we're all dads all the time. And do you guys ever lose yourself? Um, You know, obviously we're dads forever and always, but do you guys ever lose yourself about just you being you? Like, I know some people say there's a saying, like once you're a parent, you lose this or you lose that or you lose this in yourself. Do you guys ever find yourself being like, damn, I'm like, where the hell is myself at? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't be doing what I used to do. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but I'm saying sometimes people, when they become parents, they lose certain qualities about themselves in their head. You know what I'm saying? When that's not truly, you can still be you, even though you're a parent. But just with more, obviously, depending on what it is, with more respect. Right. I mean, I would say that is probably harder for females. And I'm not going to get into any reasons, but mm-hmm. just, I believe it's just harder for females. But, um, um, I don't. I don't, I would say no, only because like, I actually tweeted the other day that sometimes my son is there for me. He doesn't even know it. Right. So I, I think that it's the opposite way, actually. Mm-hmm. And being so internal, I kind of know I have to prepare myself for my child because unfortunately I only have him the most I'm going to have him is half the week. Mm-hmm. So it's not anything. So even if I'm stressed for three days, I know on the fourth day, he'll be going home to his mom and I'll be, you know, I could do whatever I need to do, whatever it is. But Right. No, nah, I really only look at it um, to be so joyful. And it could be because he's still young and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know, man. I, I feel like he gives me the, the – it's a balance, though, because at some time, some point before I started going to Africa, I used to get haircuts and dress nice. Mm-hmm. But once the values and things started to change, then it was like around the time I had a child, too. So – it was like perfect time and it kept me from, you know, not buying the new Xbox or, you know, that kind of stuff. But for the most part, man, it's kind of, it's giving me the extra spark to do more, to want to own a business, to it's very inspirational. It's humbling. And then 
you know, on the flip side of it, man, anything that I do with him, we could play in a cardboard box. He loves it. Right. So those, those are the things that I can't wait. If anything, I'm a little more down or a little more internal when I'm not with him. It's like I'm looking forward to being with him. Nice. But nah, man, I, I've lost weight with him. I, man, he's been like the best. I don't. <laughs> that's my boy. You know what I'm I, I wish I had him. I wish I had him. You know, every day he do. We do push up. Like you know, it's just so much that goes on that he doesn't take away from anything. He always enhances. You know, it's just because the feeling is important. Right. But physically, of course, you know, like hanging out with random girls and hanging out on the late nights and playing basketball whenever you want and you know all those things now you're on a time schedule but as far as internally man or mentally he's definitely boosted my life you know you know so so much and i man he's like i don't know man it's just it's i'm too excited i don't want to explain too much but no that makes sense he just give me the 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 drive when i don't want to drive you know and i always look at it as like I tell my friends, you know, we always going, we going to the same places. We want our kids to be great. And we all want our kids to be presidents and, you know, all that kind of stuff. We want them to be what they want to be. But, you know, some kids are going to be in that fast car and some kids are going to be in the slow car. But at least you're not walking. You know what I'm saying? We got to just continue to to take these pros and cons as whatever they are. But more importantly, they, they are enhancing you. You're going to be a better person at the end of the day, at the end of the week. You know, whatever it is. So that's kind of how I look at it. But I would say physically, yes. But mentally and, um, you know, all of those little small things in between idle time. No, I look forward to picking him up from school. And if he got something that he colored or a new joke or his new friend or Mm -hmm. I don't know. Even now, I haven't been with him in about uh, eight hours and Mm -hmm. I'm bored as hell. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) That means we're not entertaining enough right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Step up our yeah, game. Yeah, we got to really start opening up. It's 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 one of the I think one of the very very not one good part of like the situation that you guys have that you do get the opportunity for that break. Right, like being with my wife and. We both have very stressful jobs. We have to focus on the kids. Right. So it becomes that Monday to Sunday. Like they gotta get up early. It was when Jazz in school were up at six o'clock in the morning to take her to school, then make sure to pick her up later on. The little one is this one. They got they got activities. You want them to experience life. They they want you want to you want them to be part of all that. The problem is it becomes overwhelming. Like you hear some of these people talk about, oh my kids got dance, they got they got swimming and they got soccer all on a Saturday. I'm like, well, you just work Monday to Friday. <laughs> you, you did all those three. You get a pass out, you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, we hit those ruts. You definitely, you could easily, in a good way and in a bad way, kind of lose yourself in it. Because, again, there's, there's worse things to lose yourself in. Right? There is. Losing yourself in your kids. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. I, no. I, I love spending. I think that's the perspective that I took. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. good perspective. I like that. So like like during COVID, the fact that I work from home, I got this new opportunity that Jasmine will come home from school. Dad, let's go do lunch. Let's go. And we're doing lunch two to three times a week. I'm like, I never got to spend just lunch time with me and her, either grabbing something quick or sitting down, grabbing some sushi. Never got that opportunity. The little one got to see her grow up from the age 
of when she was one when COVID hit to now and I'm like, wow, I got to see her first steps. I got to see her do all those things. But again, that's all immersed in them. Uh, I give a lot of props to your aunt, Pat, because it was one of those, we put the ego aside of not just being there for our kids and we got to do things for ourselves. Right. So it's like one of those, all right, Saturdays I'm balling. So I put basketball on Saturday. Thursdays <laughs> I play, I go, I, go, I play guitar. I'm gonna jam out on Thursdays. I'm gonna go with my guitar instructor. And we're just gonna go play a little bit. It's one of those things that you lose yourself, and if you don't have that person with you, because again, the kids are with us every day of the week, mm -hmm. and it's stressful for them because this time's like my wife. All right, she'll work, come home at seven thirty-eight after a twelve and a half hour shift. I'm like, I'm out. Right. I'm gonna go do this or whatever the case may be, and she, it sucks. She's like, oh, fine, but she knows I need to do that. Same thing with her. She's like, hey. I'm, I want to go hang out with my with my sisters. <laughs> Do you? You want to go get your nails done? Go. I'll hang out with the kids. You need your alone time because you'll get into that world very easy. Again, not the worst world to be all immersed in, but right. um, it could fall very easily. And then you lose yourself. You lose yourself as a parent. You want to do the best by them. There's people that I've talked to that feel guilty about being themselves. Right. Like, no, my parents are going to say something. I can't go out. My parents, again, the good and the bad. Me and my wife went on vacation without our daughter once. And my parents like, what do you mean you're going on vacation without your kid? Mm -hmm. like, right. Yeah. That was going to be my, sorry, that was going to be my next yeah. question for you. Now, what do you do? What do you do? Because I did this one time. I went to October. I went to like Myrtle Beach. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to have my son for two or three days, but I missed one day. Not like missed, but I made plans for him to get pushed back. But I was definitely losing time. Right. But the whole time while I was in South Carolina, I was like, man, I should have just left. Why the hell did I stay here? So I didn't even get to enjoy the time that I had it the last day there because I was so worried about my son. And he was calling me. We was FaceTime. And I was like, man, I should have just went home. Right. So how do, how do you deal with the balance of um, like self-love, taking care of yourself, and then the guilt? Or, man, I really just brought my child to my mother's house just so i can play basketball like you know all the, like do you ever yeah. battle with those thoughts you, you, you have the battle but that's self-love if you're not in your head right you're not going to be able to give them a hundred percent because if right, you're also absorbed in oh what's going on and you're down and you're stressed you're not going to give you take 10 percent of your life to give them 90 but if you're so stressed out you're only going to give them 50 percent and then they're going to get stressed out from that because they're going to feel you. And it gives right. them the opportunity again to kind of separate from you. They they are like my girls. I will kill for my girls. I love every moment with them. I want them to succeed. I want them to experience everything in the world. May it be traveling, may it be love, whatever the case may be. But I also want my time. I want my time with my wife. Mommy, mm -hmm. daddy got to get away. Uh, and again, it's that reminder. Sometimes you get lost in life and all of a sudden it's like, damn, me and my wife haven't gone out anywhere, anywhere in two months. Right. It's like, all right, we need that break. It's mm -hmm. like, sometimes we'd be like, yo, Pat, can you watch Nora so we can mm -hmm. go out to dinner? <laughs> and, and I think- I Wait, hold on, Pat. Sorry. Quick question. Now, can you give like an example of how you would plan that? Because unfortunately, I don't have to plan those things. Whenever I don't have my son, that's when I do stuff. <laughs> but- you know, how do you guys go about planning? Do you send one kid to one grandma, one aunt? Do they always go together? We, 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 
when the baby was first born, Jasmine was 13. So we usually sent them together. Okay. Um, this is one thing I told Jasmine. I go, Jasmine, you are going to be the person who is Nora's life her, the longest. I'm like, you're going to have the most wow. influence. She's the youngest, right. In her life. I'm like, because at the end of the day, mom and dad are going to be gone. You're going to still be around. You two are going to be best friends. You're going to have the most influence. So I, I want her to be around her because I want her good influence to be on Nora. So we always kind of kept them together. Now that she's 17 years, years old, she's working, she's got school, she's got her own thing. So we don't worry about, we got cameras in the house. We got a great <laughs> tenant over here to, uh, to make sure that the house is safe. So we don't worry about, about the big one, but the little one, it's tough. The little one is tough because we feel bad. It, it is a burden on people. Right. We feel it's a burden on people, but we have great siblings on both sides. Mm-hmm. My wife's got three great sisters. I have a great brother and two sisters. Even my parents, her parents went to the They got a lot of support. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's one of those that a village, it takes a village to raise a kid. I totally agree with that. It's yeah. it's one of those things. Pat wants to go out some uh, at one point. He's like, hey, I got Johan for the night. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I know he's going to be in bed soon or let him hang out. We'll watch him. Go do you. You even though you may not get them every day, and that's why I think I was. That's gonna not say. on your structure. Yeah, right. that's not on your right. structure. Just because you get a Monday to Wednesday and Friday, right. mm-hmm. all of a sudden something something pops up Friday. You can't lose who you are, right? Because of that, you can't miss out on that opportunity. We mm-hmm. want to be there for our kid twenty four seven. We want to be watching them and seeing what they're doing. But that just isn't healthy. Right, that right. isn't healthy. And I think so, it's a pro. I think it's a pro and a con in a way. I think. I think. I think both of us, like I think, you know, me and Moo talking to you and you talking back to us, in a way, not that I would say, Eric, you would want a situation where you don't see a child for a certain amount of time and shit like that. Um, but I'm saying, like, it's nice to have a break, as you say. Like mentally, it's just nice to have a break and go out where me and Moo have that luxury. But in the same, in the same breath, it's like what you're saying is the the guilt part of it is if we only have that time, right? And something does pop up. And we want to do something like that. And it's fun. And it may be one of those things that may not happen again. 99.9% you're, you're choosing, obviously, a child, which it should be. But there's certain things where you just got that guilt in the back of your head. Like, damn, like, I got my son this weekend. I, 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 I shouldn't be at somebody's whatever it is. Man, I don't know why I feel that 100%. Yeah, like if somebody asks me to right. do something, I text them back, I got my son. Exactly. And that's really what it is. But that's what it I is. I don't know why. Your head, you're like, well, you know what I'm saying? But that's what it is. Well, think about it. Both of you were in situations that you had to fight mm-hmm. for your role in mm-hmm. your son's lives. You right. didn't. I, I naturally had it because I'm with my wife. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to fight to see them every morning, kiss them good morning, say good night to them right. I, every single night. I don't have to fight. You guys had to fight for that. And that, right. that's the beauty. Of, again, anybody could be a father or right. create a kid, but to be a father or something, you guys put that effort into it. Mm-hmm. And as a human being, you want to protect that. Like I work tooth and nail. I fought with the baby mama to be in this place where I get him as often as I can. I want to enjoy that. So you, right. I get them Monday to Sunday. I need a break. You guys right, get right. them four to five <laughs> days. You get your break. But at the same time, you're like, no, but I don't want to lose out because I only get so many days. The thing is, we we, we I, I thought about it, and that's like my wife kind of helped me think that through, but like, I know my wife loves our daughters to death. It's like, right. I know it, but she's like, we need us. We need mm-hmm. you. We mm-hmm. need myself. Do you, because right. if you ain't healthy, if you're not enjoying life, 
all of a sudden uh, the kid will eventually get the guilt. Yeah, and they'll feel it. They'll feel it. And why? Because when my wife talks to me that I remember, I know now how my parents are. My mother's my mother sacrificed everything for me. My mother was gonna be a teacher, but then she got pregnant with me and she's like, All right, well, I need to make money now and I'm not gonna be able to finish my degree. So right. I'm just gonna work and I have I'm gonna have Eric soon. So I'm gonna have to push that aside. And so she put those things aside and then had me. And then a few years later, my sister came around. Then my sister came around. And so my parents sacrificed a lot to give us those opportunities, but they missed out on that. Like my mom jokes around. She's like, my friend's your father. He's my best friend. I'm like, damn, he's a pain in the ass. I'm sorry that's your best friend. Um, But so like, I see that I'm like, I don't want that. I don't don't want that to be the case. I'm glad my parents are still together. I look at my wife as one of my best friends, but there's more to that. So I, right. I don't want to be in a situation because I feel guilty for that. Mm-hmm. I feel guilty that my parents had to make those kind of sacrifices. They chose to make those sacrifices to give me the best life. Makes sense. Now, was that easier? Sorry, Pat. But was that easier to get to because it was mutual or did one, did you have it first and then the wife picked it up or did the wife have that instinct and you picked it up? Or it was just like a good balancing act. Just a bounce back and forth, yeah. It it was definitely on my wife's side of it. It it was it was again, she I'm a stubborn mother kind of person. And to me, that guilt in me was like, no, I can't go on vacation without my kids. I I can't make sure that my kids have everything. No, I'm always like, look, you're we're gonna give everything to our kids. They are gonna have a fantastic life. That doesn't mean you have to be around them twenty four seven. And that's goes to worry about who you are and and it took me a while for her to break me down, get me to talking, get me to have that ability to see the bigger picture and be happier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you guys yeah. like you saw my you saw my sneaker collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, right. uh, th- there's some money invested into there, but my kids are still going to yeah. college. I joke around. I'm like, the way I spend, maybe they're not going to be going mm-hmm. to Ivy's. Ivy League, they're going to. But you worked your ass off. You worked your ass off. Right. You worked your ass off to have that luxury for yourself, and not only for that, now being able to give it to your kids, and I think that's really important too. And you know what? A lot of the, the two words that both of y'all said that I've heard a lot of, and not even to joke about it, but a lot of y'all say the word culture, and like meaning just the name of this show, obviously being culture shock, has to do with a whole blend of different shit. You know, culture could be in anything that you you do. But I want to know, and I've asked everybody in every single episode if y'all watch or not. What culture means to them? So I'm gonna start with move. When you hear that word culture, just the word culture, what's the first thing? I, it don't have to be a bunch of things. What's the first thing that comes to your head when you hear that word culture? I definitely think of black, but um, you know, the secondary thoughts are like, is it culture appropriate? Um, mm-hmm. is it like a culture vulture kind of thing? You know, it's like it's a lot of culture, uh, I don't know, sayings or analogies now that um to me. Growing up, it's um, a group of people that just cultivate a certain energy. Right. And not only does that energy um, reciprocate through each and every person and generation, but it lasts for many, many years. So only this generation, like under us, kids that are 19, Mm -hmm. 19, early 20s, they don't know how to do the electric slide. Mm -hmm. Like That's crazy to me. Right. Like, like you don't know how to do electric slide. They know how to do all the TikTok dances. <laughs> right. Mean. So so that's like a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Right? In my culture, like everybody knows how to do electric slide. Mm-hmm. So 
And then people look at me the same way. They're like, you don't know how to play spades? And I'm like, no. But <laughs> it's just a cultural thing to me. Right. So there's certain things that I look at. But I would say culture is the trademark of a group of people that cultivate a certain energy. And it could be a lot of things. It doesn't have to necessarily be a stereotype. But it could, ne- it could very much be um, a lot of things. But I look at the... Uh, like a culture that I, I'm a Steelers fan, obviously. The culture that I would love to be in when I hear <laughs> when I hear Mike Tomlin talking, that's the person I would love to cultivate a group of people. Mm-hmm. If I had like a documentary, he would narrate it. So right. I think, of, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And just not only leading with your voice, but leading by example. And it's fruitful. It's joyful. It gets passed down for many, many years. It lasts a long, long time. And then even sometimes to the point where it, it, it's like in history books. Is something that, you know, or even other um, nations or ethnicities, states and countries want to grasp and, you know, do it their own way. Right. So I think just cultivating a certain energy, you know, that lasts a long time. What about you? Um, culture, it's in an environment. It's one of those a thriving environment where there's an energy that's allowing people to experience life. Um, because being Hispanic, uh, I want my kids to learn Spanish. I want them to eat tortillas. I want them to know how to dance salsa, what a marimba is. But at the same time, I want them to also know it's okay. It's cool if your hair can grow out and you can have braids in your hair. It's cool if you want to be into like Asian fusion type food. Uh-huh. It's cool if you want to eat spices, something to that regard, or you want to travel and go see the Taj Mahal and experience things like that. To me, that's what culture is because it, to me, it, it's so diverse right. and all those things need to be positive to, to be able to grow. That's, that's mm-hmm. like what, what Tomlin has. Mike Tomlin talked about, he, you know who your quarterback is on there and you know, the, the, what came with Ben Roethlisberger and what he did. It's, it's, <laughs> but you, you know, know what? Don't make Mumu cry. He just retired. He just got <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, now, you, now you're stuck with that dude, Rudolph, whatever his name yeah. is. Uh, Man, we don't got no quarterback. Oh, you got the other kid. You got the new rookie. But it's like one of those things that he created that culture in the sense that he goes, no, no, no. We need to, that's there. We need to right. take the good out of this. We mm-hmm. can't say that's a representative of our culture and this is how we thrive. And and that's like the family just relies on him to run that team because he right. creates this positive atmosphere. It's a respectful atmosphere and it's, it's football, but right, you know, right. it, wherever it may be, that's why culture to me, it's one of those things that it's, it has to be diverse. Mm-hmm. The minute you start making mm. culture so segregated. So even if it's for your own, you're, you're putting sets of blinders to your kids. So to me, that's why culture has to be always everything. I, I want them to obviously all enjoy all the aspects of being Hispanic, but also the culture of everything else. Appreciate the good and what it is to learn from it, to get that experience from it. So to me, that's kind of what culture is. That's perfect. So uh, usually I end the show at, right after these questions, this question, usually I end the show, but, but this one being a special one uh, about fatherhood and this one being about Father's Day in a way. Um, I don't know if you guys want to, it's up to you, but if you guys would like to say something to your father directly into the camera, wish him a happy Father's Day. You don't have to go crazy. You don't say nothing. nothing. <laughs> Stop crying. crying. Now, if you want to, it's up to you. You don't have to. It's your place. But if you want to talk to your pops right now, right here, by all means, do it. And after this, that's it. No, nah, I definitely uh, happy Father's Day to myself or my brothers. Uh, my family, the, uh, you guys on this podcast as well. 
And uh, more importantly, I'm very thankful for my pops. Um, I'm thankful uh, for triumph, perseverance, um, being able to see those things. Um, man, he will do anything to this day. If I ask him to change my oil, he might fix everything else on my car. Like he's that kind of guy. So uh, I'm very you thankful. Change your oil? No, nah, I know how now. Now I just learned. I'm not gonna lie. I just learned. I really just learned. But but prior to, even last year he changed my own. But um now that I just hit a hundred thousand on my car, I just do it myself. Perfect. So um, but long story short, my dad is uh it could be any I'll I'll ask him, yo, you want me to cut the grass, you want me to do this? Or he'd be like, Nah, I got it. You know, yeah. so That's he's always been a soldier, a survivor, somebody at least by example. And um one thing that I really like is that he's not, he's not a bully or he's not out. He's not, he wasn't, he wasn't like how I was. Like I run around, slap people, do whatever. He's not like that, but he right. will, he is very much a strong, um, he will defend his family. I'm trying to look for the word, but he kind of waits for it. He's not going to ever go look for it. So I like that part about it. He's very, That's very humble. Right. Mm -hmm. So my, my my pops is definitely the backbone to keeping, you know, all six kids together for sure. So happy Father's Day, play! I love you. Yeah, there. I thought he was gonna thank him for showing him how to use a condom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was waiting for him to say that. He didn't say that. Yo, what? I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. Yo. Father, you gotta listen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fix, your, fix your wire. Your wire got a little bang. Hey, hold up. Fix your wire. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely got a little. Uh, put it straight. Put it straight. Put your wire uh, straight. There you go. You good? Ah, uh, y'all can hear me now. Nah, it's yeah. a little crazy. It's okay. Yeah. No, nah, I'm not gonna lie. I hope y'all can hear me because I really just dropped my you fucked it up. My hundred dollar headphones in this water with my feet is in. That got me tight. <laughs> so now I gotta get new headphones. Yo, this joint dripping on my head. Look. Yeah, well, you fucking shit up. I hear shit buzzing. You might yeah, get, you might get your mic move just so we can finish. All right. Uh, you can send us the Bayless the bill. Yeah, exactly. No, mute your mic. Mute your mic. You didn't mute it. Mute your oh. mic. There you go. Okay, there. Finish it out. Um, well, it ain't about this, but from the perspective, like you're asking on Fozzie, I'm going to give you some props from that perspective. I remember when he first became a dad, you look lost, mm -hmm. it's, which is understandable. You're young. You were out there to play. You weren't out there to create a family. You weren't out there to create a little mini you. Mm -hmm. um, kudos to your mom because your mom helped you kind of. Yeah, she held it down heavy. Balance you. She balanced you. And then once you hit that balance, You've taken off. Uh, I'm proud of you. Um, I see the love that Johan has for you. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all deserved. Um, I think he, he has a bright future because you're always thinking about him and you're looking to have him experience the world. You're not. You don't have that ego. I've seen the trials and tribulations you've been through, and making sure he's in your life as much as possible, and that has to be appreciated because it's the action. And, and, and that ties into how I say happy Father's Day to my father. Thank you for putting in the effort. Thank you for teaching. Thank you for doing what you had to do to give us the uh, the opportunity to succeed and love life. Um, he is an amazing man. He's a humble dude. He's a 
stubborn like I am, but you know what? Exactly. It's one of those, he always had his best interest in mind. He always kept me straight, giving me examples. Mm-hmm. Um, happy Father's Day to you too, to my brother, to my brother-in-laws, to the mm-hmm. family and everything there. I just want to thank you all for those that are in my life and those that put the action and put the effort in. That's what makes a father. Um, it's not by blood. It's not by force. It's not by requirement. It's what you're willing to do. You got people that are raised by their biological dads, by stepdads, by grandpas, by uncles, mm-hmm. by very close friends, neighbors. Happy Father's Day to those people. because Those are the ones that are earning that title. And that's that's title. a special title. When right. Jasmine asked me to be her father, that was like, I earned that title. I never said, call me dad. Never. Wait, she asked you? She asked me, can you be my dad? Can I call you dad? Yeah. Wow, I've never heard that. I'm actually yeah. really surprised. Also, do you know if it was prompted by mom or that's just her own doing? I think it was her own doing. I am pretty, it's, I never asked my wife, but it was her own doing. That That's amazing. I also think that's a testament to your fatherhood. Right. But, oh, sorry. Hey, but, well, you got to mute your mic because it echoes. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah thank you thank you it's again it's the action for it i, I want to sh- it was to show her that she is i i want what's in her best interest and went from there so thank you to everyone thank you for the opportunity to be on this i was nervous as well uh, to be on this you great bro. um i've given presentations to thousands of people in america and uh, <laughs> i was like why are you so nervous i'm like it's just I don't know what to expect, but I appreciate the opportunity to be here, and uh, thank you. No problem. Uh, for me, it's just it's it's simple. Um, happy Father's Day to both of y'all. Happy Father's Day to all the great fathers out there that put the time, put the effort, love their children, um, also love themselves enough to make sure that they're in a great spot that puts them and their children in a great spot. Um, I think it's important. I've always loved to see fathers do their thing with their kids. Um, I take a lot of pride in being a dad. Being a dad is is a um I don't even know. Yeah, that's that's the word I'm looking for. It's a privilege. It's not something that's just whatever. It's a privilege, man. Like I feel honored to be my son's dad, you know. And um, last but not least, happy Father's Day to my father. Um, this will be his what's the second his second Father's Day in heaven. Um, I love you, Dad. You have created um everything that i am in a man um your imprint and your legacy is always remembered and it keeps going every day even with my son um i love you you know there's not a day that i wish you wouldn't be here um to see all these things even though i know you do see it from a different spot but you know there's there's days i i can't lie there's days i fuck up and i really wish i could talk to you and really hear you you know just just hear your voice again man so i really love you and um, Father's Day ain't the same without you, but um, it's a testament. If I'm doing positive things, that I know it came from you. So happy Father's Day, Dad. I love y'all. And I love you guys, too, for being here. And I appreciate y'all for being here. Um, this is episode eight, fatherhood, a special one. And um, good night, y'all. Peace out. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. <laughs>